with the T and you're listening, hearing, watching the Michael Finkel Show. Yo, what's up? I'm Tony Terry and you're watching the Michael Finkley Show. You gotta listen to Michael Finkley Show. I do. Peace. Ms. Rhonda Saunders, I'm shouting out the Michael Family Show, okay? See, I like her, you know? I like her because of her edges, you know? Because she, she got that baby hair. If you are not watching the Michael Finkley Show, you are behind the times. Catch up and watch my brother Michael Finkley wherever he is. All right. Hi, this is Diamond Jack, and I would want to shout out Michael Finkley. He's amazing, y'all, and I love him so much. Already, I just met him. This is St. James, singer, songwriter, producer, R&B, baby. And I'm chilling with my man, Michael Finkley. And you're watching The Michael Finkley Show. You can check it out live on YouTube, uh, the Roku TV, via the Greater Works Network. Hey, I appreciate the opportunity to kick it with my man, Michael. Make sure you tune into his show. I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. Let's get it, baby. If I can make it through the night Just to see a brighter side Cause I've been working all my life Just to make it If I can make it through the night It's Michael Finkley Show. Thanks for joining us today. Now, many of you have been following me since day one, April 13th of 2020, and I love this platform. I, I brought this platform out to inform, educate, inspire as many people as I possibly can, and as long as I can as well. But I've started as well because many people didn't give me an opportunity to love or experience of what I love to do now uh, within this realm of social media, social media talk show, podcasting, that kind of thing. They said they had the voice, but they didn't think I had the experience or the, even the potential um, and in gaining the experience of this industry. And this is why we launched our own. Uh, I learned from many um, persons that I've interviewed thus far that just do it. Go out and do it and make it happen for yourself. And here we are and wrapping, almost wrapping up season three and going into season four um, in the new year. And we're excited, met many different individuals and still learning from them present day. So my thing to you is just do it. Just do it. Go out and make it happen. And it's amazing to run into other people that have the same passions as well. And one of those people is Nick Gallo. The guy you know, the guy you need to know, he is also in this type of industry and interviewing entertainers, celebrities, and getting the real true stories. But what's the true story behind Nick? You get to find out next. Don't go away. Coming up, Nick Gallo's here. Back in a moment. Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Garfield Bright from the Platinum R&B Group, Shy. I'm also Dr. Garfield Bright. And look, you're watching Michael Finkley's show on Roku and YouTube. Continue checking it out. It's the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> if I On the next Michael Finkley. For the very first time in telling his story in an exclusive interview, Mikey Stone talks about those dark times in his life and the courage it took to pursue his dreams to become a big and tall model. Next Finkley. Monday.
In these times, Columbia needs a mayor who's a proven leader, who can respond to crisis and be ready to get to work for you on day one. I've done that on city council. Together, we've celebrated victories and we've taken on challenges. Together, we've invested in building a better Columbia. And together, we will lift Columbia into greatness. I'm ready to get to work with you and for you as the next mayor, but I need your voice and your vote. I'm Tamika Isaac Devine, and I'm asking for your vote on November 2nd. Everybody, welcome back to the Michael Finkley Show. Now, y'all, my next guest, he is the guy you know, okay? He is Nick Gallo. Nick, thank you for being with us today. What's up? What's up? Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, you're very welcome. And Nick is also a personality where he interviews different people. We were just having a conversation of it's it's hard to be on the decided at times. <laughs> when you're so yeah. used to preparing for the questions and preparing to, to meet people on that right. So thank you, Nick. Thank you for allowing me. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> oh, Nick. So you have the talent to talk with people and to get to know them in that right. Was this always a talent that you were familiar with growing up? No, actually. <laughs> well, no, I take that back. I thought I knew people just through the TV, you know. Just, <laughs> you know how they say like, oh, like how Wendy Williams always says like, oh, you're my best friend in my head. Right. Like, that's how I used to watch like TRL and 106 in Park. Ooh. And like, I'm like, yo, like, I know them, but I don't know them. Mm -hmm. but I thought I knew them mm -hmm. because I watched it so religiously. And then slowly but surely, I started, started to figure out that I wanted to start, you know, interviewing artists and getting mm -hmm. to know their stories deeper than just... Because that's what else I noticed. Even though I thought I knew them from 106 and Park and, like, TRL and maybe, like, the Good Morning Americas and Today shows, they right. never really got into good in-depth interviews. I agree. You know, it was very, they still don't. No, it's just not, I mean, I don't think they have enough time between, you know, commercial breaks and whatnot. I get it. But I always was like, well, hey, why can't I interview them from a fan's perspective? Because the fan's questions is what never is answered exactly. or asked. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. And yeah. you catered to that so well. I've been, I've been watching you for a while now. I'm like, oh, how does he do it? Oh, my God. <laughs> You do it so well. You do it with ease. You put. How do you put these persons that you talk with at ease so well? You know what I think. What they need to say. Yeah, you know what I think it is. A lot of the people I interview are people that I literally grew up to. So mm -hmm. it's not even where I need to do like you know a whole day of research. You know, because sometimes for an interview you do do research for like a week. So I'm not saying a whole week, but like. Throughout the day, you'll do that research and, you know, put your bullet points down or put certain questions down. And with a lot of artists, I kind of knew, like, a couple artists were like, Nick, how do you know this? I'm like, well, I was there. They're like, but that was over 10 years ago. I'm like, I know, but I was, there. like, I remember the fine little details or something that's so not something you should remember. <laughs> I do. So I'll bring that stuff up. And they're like... So it's kind of like organic where it's not so much, you know, because the, the Q&A of an interview, I mean, it could be kind of, it's sometimes they're cringeworthy, like cringe to watch. Like I cringe watching interviews sometimes because they're so question, answer, question. It's like no humanizing 
Yeah, it's so like, and I never wanted to do that because I've seen it so much with some of the greatest like hosts and correspondents. It's just that there's no like connection. And I always want to try to make a connection with the artists I interview. If not, build a relationship with them. And to be honest, half of the people I've interviewed, I'm friends with them. So like not, this is after the interview. So like, at least I know that it is coming off, you know, organic. I'm real. I'm not fake about it. It's, I'm asking stuff that they're like, dang, no one's ever asked me that. I'm like, well, Mm -hmm. I'm happy I could be the first to ask you. (laughs) It makes you feel so good. It's like, no one's ever asked that question. So I get to now express myself and give you this answer. Yeah. And and it, 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 I mean, it means a lot because, you know, this world we're in of, you know, hosting and interviewing and corresponding. I mean, there's so many, I mean, you know, there's, it's oversaturated and especially being independent, (laughs) it's even more, you know, if you're not signed, you know, signed to a major brand or network, Mm -hmm. you're kind of like frowned upon. And I know that's bad to say, but it's just the way it is. If you're with, you know, the Today Show or BET or the Shade Room, you know, you're well respected, I guess, opposed to being independent. Yes, the artists love you, but it's very hard to get through with their teams and management and labels. And, you know, they look at your numbers and they're like, oh, forget you. We'd rather have someone. It has no real information about that artist, but they're signed to I'll give an example, MTV, mm-hmm. because they're with MTV, but they have no real knowledge about you. But we'll take that because of the exposure. Exactly. Opposed to, and I get both sides. Mm-hmm. I just wish more teams of artists would give the independent person an opportunity and the major outlets. Because to be honest, I think artists enjoy the independent outlets better because we actually know more opposed to... Yeah. You know, it's just, I feel like with the major, like ET access, um, uh, extra, it's mm-hmm. all the same questions. It's all the same. Over and over. I make yeah. it my business to think outside the box when I interview people. It makes me so mad because yeah. it's like, they're given this great opportunity to interview some of the biggest people that I dream to interview and I can't, but they could, but it's the same. Yeah. I watch all of them and I'm like, it's the exact same question just yeah. in a, maybe twisted by a couple words or the way they said it. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, dang. <laughs> yeah, that's an opportunity lost. 100%. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Where were you when I first started? Right. <laughs> I, I, I listen and I watch and I'm, I'm in my, my, my room or I'm in my studio and I'm just like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Why aren't they doing this? Why are they doing that? It's just, it's just, you know, you're losing something. You're you're here for a reason. You're you're talking with them for a reason. Make it worth your while and their while as well. Exactly, and I think that's like important because they're taking the time out of their day. Exactly. You know, make it worth. Make it just a good interview right. because, like, see. But that's the other thing I've noticed with what we do. There's some people, like myself and you, we actually care about the artists. There's some people that just want. Interviews for the resume. They, you know, if they're with, um, you know, extra, and mm-hmm. they get thirty interviews in one month because they're extra. Right. It's just more stuff on their resume. Exactly. Whereas to me, 
I wouldn't do it for that. I would do it for, oh my God, I actually like, you know, this person, this person, this person. <laughs> yeah, I love, like, I've looked up to you. I've bought your music. I've went to your concerts. I've went to see your movie in the theaters. Like, yeah. all that type of stuff I think matters, but I feel like there's a big twist with a lot of host correspondents that just want to be on TV or in front of the camera, which I get it. They're all about themselves. They're kind of a little narcissistic, <laughs> mm-hmm. if you ask me. Um, but they don't care about like the talent. Where me, I'm excited to you know meet the talent and talk to the talent. I just think there's two different types of us. So it's if you're on the one side, yeah, or if you're on the other. So yeah. wow, ah, so unlike minded. I love it. <laughs> I love it. How did this all start for you, though? How did this all start for you? Tell you the truth. So I was about my first artist I ever met. I was, how old was that? Well, I take it back. I had two different times. Back when I was seven or eight, I went to, I live in Chicago and there's a big, um, in Milwaukee is like an hour, hour and a half away from Chicago. And there's always these big festivals every like month or every couple months. So it's all like different, like heritage. So it's like Mexican, um, Mexican fest, Italian fest. They have summer fest, which is a whole bunch of music artists. Oh, well, we always went to the Mexican fest because I'm half Mexican, but I don't know a word of Spanish, but neither does my family, but we just went because it was good food and music. Um, Come on. The first, <laughs> right, exactly. And the first person I ever seen, I never met them, but I seen them. I sit on my grandpa's lap at like seven or eight years old. And he's like, yo, that's Selena. I was like, oh, I'm like, awesome. I'm like, she's pretty. You know, I was like, she's pretty. <laughs> and I regret, I'm like, dang, why can I get a photo with the Selena, you know, not Selena Gomez, the Selena, you know, because today, you know, kids think of Selena Gomez, which no hate, but I'm top Selena Cantania, you know, so that was my first experience with like seeing someone live, not even on purpose, though, like it's a festival. So it's like different stages. And she was just performing on one of the stages in the middle of the day. It wasn't like at night. So that was my first. And then my first time I met an artist was I grew up on the show, The Nanny with Fran Drescher and Mm -hmm. The Nanny. Yeah. I grew up like my parents, my mom watched that weekly religiously. So like I knew, okay, it's time to watch The Nanny. Like I forgot what night it was on. I think it switched, but um, I remember she had her book for cancer schmancer when I was like 12 or 13. Mm -hmm. And my mom's like, oh, my God, we have to go meet her. And that was my first time, like, meeting an artist. So then I was like, okay, well, if it's this easy to meet this person, I could meet anyone I want. Like, I should be able to meet anyone I want. Not saying it's going to go perfectly, but (laughs) I'll figure it out. And then um, I started meeting artists. So I started networking, like, meeting them at radio stations, getting connects to people I knew at the radio, um, a lot of autograph signings and like book signings when remember when Borders was around and uh, Tower Records and Virgin Megastore, when all those were still around, mm-hmm. I used to go to all, every kind of event to just, I mean, yeah, that's really how I did it. And then it wasn't until I turned 21 mm-hmm. that I wanted to do something because I kind of didn't know what I was going to do. I was kind of like, just kind of lost. Like I went to college, I didn't finish it, but I went, my first major was graphic design and I was like, eh, 
this is cool for like a hobby, but I don't want this as, and then I found, I remember my mom found a school, um, like a broadcasting school, just like strictly broadcasting, radio, television, like a trade school almost. So I went there for um, just a tour to see what it was all about. And mm-hmm. I loved it. And I went there. Yeah, I signed up immediately. I learned everything I needed to know mm-hmm. <laughs> to make it, I guess, independently. Mm-hmm. So at that point, and it was cool because it was a strict, that, I look back at that schedule I had and I'm like, I can never do that today, ever in my life. I'm 34 now and I was probably 24 doing this and I was working a day job, nine to five, Monday through Friday, going to this broadcasting school, Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 6.30 to 10.30 at night, Whoa. plus interning at the, at the radio station on Tuesday and Thursday from 7 to 11 at night. Whoa. So my day was like, I look back at it and I'm like, and I did this for a whole year. Like there was no breaks. The only breaks you had was literally like 4th of July, Christmas, if it landed on a weekday mm-hmm. um, and th- Thanksgiving or and Easter. Mm-hmm. Well, Easter's on a Sunday, so we automatically have that off. But um, yeah, there was, only th- there was no Christmas break. There was no, you know, Easter break, no summer break, nothing. So it was straight through. And what I liked about it was there was no books involved. Mm-hmm. It was all, um, yeah, it was all hands-on. Like if you weren't, like if you missed class, you kind of missed out on a lot because you couldn't look at a book to, like you literally had to be there for the lesson. So I never missed. I literally, I might've missed I think a day and I think I made it up by coming into another class to like catch up because yeah, I just enjoyed it. Like it was, you got hands-on on the camera, on the boards and radio, like within the first couple of weeks. So you don't get that in a normal four-year college. That's true. That's definitely true. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. So you have this experience and you interview, you use that experience to, to the max, as we see before us on social media. And you know, like I said, just like you, like you said before, your, your fans, your, they love you. The, the people that interview, they love you. What was the best interview that you have done thus far in your career? Oh my God, it's such a hard question. I mean, do you mean just me personally or one that I think just came out great? Either or. Okay. You're calling me. I mean, to be honest, I'm still, I always say this and it was just a moment. I mean, to interview Steve Harvey on a Steve Harvey show. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was like, <laughs> yeah. And that was so nerve wracking because, you know, it's being recorded. Um, you're in front of an audience of, you know, 250 people. Yeah. And, I'm, and, and the other thing I didn't, the thing that made me so much more, gave me more anxiety. And I was like, Nick, am I, I'm talking to myself in my head during the whole time. I'm like, can I do this? Like, is this really going to happen? Like, is this really happening? Because you kind of just wait for your cue and that cue takes forever. You're waiting for, you know, to make it when it happens. So, I mean, once I got down there, I was fine. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that was probably one of my favorite. Um, another favorite of mine, just because you, uh, Snoop Dogg. When, Snoop you know, anytime you think of Snoop Dogg, you think of marijuana. And mm-hmm. I was, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's Snoop Dogg, it's Uncle Snoop, you know, like, um, 
And the funniest thing was I thought to myself, I'm like, oh, he probably doesn't smoke during interviews. Like he's probably all professional. And it was like, maybe it was really dope. Cause there was about maybe 20 different outlets mm-hmm. in a, a big conference room. Where we were set up all different spaces. So it's about to be my interview. And he's like, um, nephew, nephew, he's calling me nephew, nephew, give me a second. I need to go do what I do and I'll be right back. And there's a, <laughs> and there's a little like outside deck in the hotel. Like we were on the fifth or sixth floor and he literally tells a security guard that has like this satchel with a big weed plant on it. And he literally has them pre-rolled and he's smoking on the deck and he comes back and he's like, okay, we good. And I was like, it's so funny because he's so awesome. But I didn't think he could, you know how some people, you know, do smoke marijuana and they can't focus <laughs> where he's like, yo, I'm good now. Like, okay, let's go. And I mean, he was like, like a normal, and, and I, like, it was just surreal because I think you put so many things of what you think Snoop Dogg's going to be like. And it was exactly what I thought. And it was awesome. Like one of the funnest, most humble, he don't have to be humble at all. I feel because He's a legend. I mean, he could have cursed me out and I would have been like, yo, it's Snoop Dogg. So, yeah, I don't even care. But, yeah, probably. Yeah, and then that one and then the other one that I really um, wanted for a long time that took us a while to schedule just because of timing, but it meant a lot to me when I interviewed Keisha Cole. Um, Yeah, just because I met her in the beginning of her career and I've seen it you know, just pro- like the progression and just where she's gone. And it meant a lot to interview her. When was it? A couple of years ago. And it was through her. Like, it wasn't through a publicist. It wasn't through anyone. Like, she was like, yo, Nick, come to the show. I got backstage passes for you at the door. Like, come to my just room after. We'll do the interview. I got you. You're like, so it always means a lot when an artist sees, like, your work and, exactly. you know, yeah, exactly. Because it's a lot. I mean, people like she even said in my, she's like, Nick, I thought you were rich. I was like, rich? Like, rich where? She's like, I don't know. I thought maybe your parents are rich. rich I was like, family. yeah, I'm like, no, I'm broke. I usually maybe have $20 in my pocket, if that. <laughs> and I don't know. She's like, well, the perception you give, you would think you had money. I'm like, well, I guess it's misleading, but uh, hmm. wishful thinking. I mean, hey, that's the, that's the goal. <laughs> Next, more with Nick. Don't go away. Hey, what's up? It's Presley Tennant from The Voice, and you're watching The Michael Finkley Show on Roku and YouTube. Keeping your skin flawless and clean is important, and I have the products just for you. Welcome to Mimi's Natural Pantry, where she specializes in homemade handcrafts, including rye and goat milk soaps, body butters, and sugar scrubs. All items are handmade products. All items have simple ingredients and are vegan friendly. In a world where you can barely pronounce many of the ingredients in your everyday products, Mimi's Back to Nature offers an alternative choice for those who are ready to get back into nature. Ready to order? Visit their website at Mimi'sNaturalPantry.com. All orders over $50 have free shipping up to 25 pounds. 
Looking for a mentoring program for your young male between the age of 6 and 18 in Columbia, South Carolina? Well, look no further. Big Homie, Little Homie Mentoring Program is the program for you. Under the leadership of Mr. Jamal Shroud, Big Homie, Little Homie is a 50C3 nonprofit organization that caters and mentors at-risk youth that come from single-parent homes. The organization caters to young males between the ages of 6 and 18 within the greater Columbia area. The organization is devoted to shaping and molding their life into great men of society. Big Homie, Little Homie organizes male gatherings, discussions, and even educational assistance devoted to guiding and leading them into a positive light. Making a positive attitude will help in transforming life regardless of what is experienced in life. For more information on Big Homie, Little Homie Mentoring Program, visit our social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. someone that's just starting out in this awesome, awesome business. And what I've learned in life as well as we continue to dream, because this has always been a dream of mine. This platform mm -hmm. has always been a dream of mine, but I've always looked into the next biggest dream, right? After I'm living in this dream, right? What's next? What else am I going to dream? Nick, what are you dreaming? I mean, I dream my own The Gallo Show. I mean, that's that's what I dream. But the other thing I think that's really important in this industry that I don't do enough, and I think a lot of people don't do enough, and I keep on telling myself, like, Nick, live in the moment. Just because I'm such the person where I'm like, okay, I did this, and I'm not even done with it. And I'm like, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? And everyone's like, take it in, Nick. Like, this is a major accomplishment. And right to me, I'm just like, okay, well, it's a check off my bucket list, on to the next. And I think it's really important just to live in the moment with these events and different interviews and different things I'm a part of because, you know, I think of it as like, oh, anyone could. And then I'm like, well, no, actually not everyone could even get to some of the things I've gotten to. It's not that easy. Mm -hmm. So I think that's an important thing in this industry is just live in the moment and just take it all in because it's gone in a second. And then, you're like, dang, I wish I could have, you know, been in that moment and enjoyed myself more because, mm -hmm. yeah, I look back at a lot of, I look back at a lot of things and I'm like, dang, I wish I would have just enjoyed, laughed more, talked to more people there rather than thinking of, you know, okay, what, what am I going to do next? What, what else could I do here? Just take it in. But no, the, the major dream is, yeah, the Gallo show. And I, the one thing I would want to do, I would want to be a part of like the booking agent, like whoever's booking the guests. Mm -hmm. I want to know like who's in mind, who's, I, don't, I just don't want, you know, to be a host of a show and have someone just booking random people, even though if they might be famous, doesn't mean I want to interview you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's a lot of people that are crazy famous that are the top names in the world. And I'm like, to interview you you don't fit my style you don't fit no like and, and i think that's the other thing like so many people and i get it like the big you know the jimmy fallon's um jimmy kimmel's um you know they have to but see i would do that differently i would definitely control 
I want control. Yeah, I, I want to. I would want to be in those meetings. I would want to know who's on my team's list of like trying to get, and I would want to get people that necessarily aren't the biggest stars. Just because you don't have to be just a big star to be on my show. I feel like I think that's another thing. Like if I truly see something in you and I'm a fan and I appreciate your work, like I'll have you. I want to talk to you opposed mm-hmm. to just because you're famous and have you know a number one album. And not everyone you want to interview, to be honest. Exactly. I've met some people that I regret even meeting because I'm like, dang, I don't oh. even, <laughs> I don't, I don't care for them anymore. And not saying I don't support them, but it just puts a different perspective of that artist or that person that you just felt growing up watching or seeing on TV or music videos or on tours they were this type of person and you meet them and you're just like, dang. So that part, (laughs) at the end of the day, your name is still on it. And when I want, I want people to think of something positive, something inspirational, something motivational, not the other stuff. Exactly. And you want something that it's like, like you were saying, that's real, a real conversation. That part. You don't want it so fake because it comes up. People know it right away. I'm not saying I'm the best person in the world that does interviews. I'm sure there's people that do it better than me. But at the same point, I feel like I do a pretty good job of like getting to know the person if I don't really know them. Or if I do know them, it's so organic. Like, because some people's interviews, man, I I just don't get it. (laughs) I get what you're saying because they don't get it. Yeah, I definitely understand. I, I understand. What are, what are some things that Nick is working on right now? What is that next thing that we should expect from Nick? Mm, to be honest, I really don't know yet. To be honest, I mean, it's a good thing though. Yeah, like you don't always have to know, right? And I feel like sometimes when I planned out too much, I always get disappointed or mm-hmm. get my hopes up. So. Mm-hmm. I've kind of taken the route a lot to just let stuff, I'm not saying this is always going to work because I mean, at the end of the day, you do have to go after what you want sometimes, or you do, I mean, no one's going to give you anything or, you know, and if you do get something from someone, it's luck or a connect, maybe someone you knew. Um, But yeah, I'm just taking it one day at a time, like just seeing where it goes. Um, Now that the world is opening back up (laughs) slowly, but surely like, um doing the interviews in person again right because yeah like i did two so far in person and i'm not gonna lie it felt weird because i haven't done it in so long between you know zoom or ig lives it's it's been our world for what almost close to two years now i feel and i've gotten used to it i'm not gonna lie it when it first when the pandemic first happened one thing i always said for my show i would never do is a Zoom interview, an IG live interview, or a phoner. And yeah, that all changed really quick with the pandemic. <laughs> like, I was like, dang. And it's so funny because everyone that knows me that I said that to, they're like, well, dang, Nick, you had a cave in really quick. I'm like, I had no choice. And, it, it, you know, it was because I always like just meeting the person and being there. But but, on the, but then on the other hand, which I really loved was, like, for instance, I interviewed uh, Lumi D 
and Mims not too long ago. And they're both in New York and I was in New York and they were like, well, hey, let's meet up for, you know, lunch or dinner. So getting to meet the people then. So it does. The one positive I will say about this pandemic and these interviews and everything. We got to speak to people way longer than an in-person interview. Right. You never. I mean, my longest interview during the pandemic was almost three hours. I could never speak to an artist for three hours in person. Their team wouldn't give me the time of day. I, I mean, who does a three-hour interview? Nobody. So, like, my interviews range between, I think my shortest interview was, like, 18 minutes, and my longest was almost three hours. Amazing. And usually in person, all my interviews were 15 minutes or under, because that's, that's, that's what you're allowed to. Yeah, that's the typical, you know, they're on tour, you get them before they hit the stage or after the show or you know, their press junkets where you get, you know, five to 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes. So mm -hmm. that was one thing I really liked because artists really got to know you. Like, I feel like if Lumidi and Mims, that was in person, I wouldn't have connected with them as we did having a longer interview, right. which is dope. I think that was super dope because once this pandemic is over, over, man, it's going to be back to, you know, five, 10 minute interviews and having your whole, that was one thing I don't miss and I, I, I do and I don't mm -hmm. like having all your equipment, you know, having your camera, having a video guy, having your audio right, having your mic flag and your microphone, having the lighting, like all that stuff when you're on the scene, it takes time. And yeah, where, you know, when you're here, you just, you know, you need a light, you need a computer, and you know, you're good. Yeah. Here we go. That's tough. Yeah. So it's so interesting, like how I never thought about thought of it like that. Cause I just did a red carpet last week for Black Ink Crew Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I was like, lugging all my stuff again. You know, like, okay, well, back to lugging everything where, you know, like this, you just literally set up and, mm -hmm. and we just talk. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's 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 just different. But it but it's awesome because yeah. You got to speak with a lot of people around the country, around the world that you couldn't any other way. So it's a blessing in disguise, I think. It is. It really is. And I, I don't take it. I don't take it for granted. I don't, I don't take advantage of it like multiple times. I'm like, well, I mean, I'm here in South Carolina, but right now, look, I'm in Chicago. Right. That was in Chicago or I'm in California right now. Let's go. You know, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it's, it's a dope crazy. thing. Yeah. It, it, and it it just really goes to show like you could do it anywhere from anywhere, anywhere. anywhere. Cause people, you know, the big excuse before it was, well, I have to be in LA or I have to be in New York. Mm -hmm. Yes, I get it. They do get the major, major things or even Atlanta, mm -hmm. but this pandemic, if you didn't run with this pandemic, meaning mm -hmm. doing these interviews and press junkets or not saying you may got accepted to everyone, but tried at least mm -hmm. like, Right. I just tell people, I'm like, you didn't want it bad enough because this was the perfect mm -hmm. opportunity for anyone to really get, get in. Even if you were new at it, mm -hmm. hey, this is your perfect way. Man, if I started like this, oh, I would have been. <sighs> yeah, that would have been different because I don't think Zoom was even really a thing. I think we were still on. What was the other? Skype. Yeah, Skype. Yeah. Skype, I think it was Skype, and I was like, 
I was scared of it. I didn't know really how to use it. And I was just used to, um, you know, cameras. Right. But, um, but no, this pandemic, I feel like if you wanted it and you really want to make something, and I know a couple of people that literally ran with it. And I'm so proud of them because I'm like, you took advantage of what was given mm-hmm. and make something happen because you could have literally in this pandemic, you could have been a part of every press junket if they accepted you. Yeah. I mean, I know, I mean, I, I don't even get accepted to everything, but I know some people that, you know, signed with a brand or was a correspondent for a brand and got it. So it's definitely, it was, it was definitely, I think an eye opener, but I think it's going to be an eye opener to see who makes it out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like two sided in a way. Because yeah. yes, you could build your brand off of this pandemic the same way when everything does open up. Are you... Will you continue? Will you continue? Because not everyone's going to want to do, I feel, IG lives and Zooms, depending on where they're at. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I just feel like... And people miss the in-person... Like, I miss it so much. Mm-hmm. Like, like, when I just did the red carpet, I was like, ooh, back on a red carpet. It feels... <laughs> You know, it feels weird because we haven't done it in so long. So it's going to be interesting to see who who takes advantage of it after. Because I think we're still in it. Like, yeah, yeah we're, we're 50-50, I feel. Yeah, half, you know, a foot in, still a foot behind. <laughs> it's, we don't know. Chicago is pretty, I don't know, more open, I guess. For now, for now, for now, you know it's about to get cold here. So, well, you can have that. Ooh. Oh, see, yeah. I love the cold. So, I love the cold, just not the snow. Oh, see, I love the snow. That's your heart. <laughs> I lived in New Hampshire for five years, and yeah, I was over it. You're over. It? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, I think just being born and raised in Chicago, we always seen all four seasons. Mm-hmm. So, tell you the truth, I hate summer. Oh wow. I hate oh, the summer in Chicago. It's too humid. I hate humidity. Oh wow! You you definitely don't want to come to South Carolina during the summer. No, nothing south. Uh-uh, I'm good. People I'm always sorry. tell me like, Nick, don't you want to go move to Atlanta? Like, because everything's there. I was like, yeah, I like Atlanta, but I don't want to deal with that heat. No. That part. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I'll stay in Chicago. Or when I did live in LA, I did enjoy it because it's that dry heat. Mm-hmm. It's not, you right. know. That was the thing I love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the humidity? No, I'm good. Give me some fall or winter. Give me some snowstorms. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh gosh. Oh, no, sir. Mm-mm. I got my jacket ready. <laughs> oh, mercy. You can have that. My good friend, Nick, you can have that. I got to follow you on social media. <laughs> yeah, so um, all my social media, um, what is it? So my Twitter and IG is the initials of my show, G-T-G-Y-K, which is Gallo, the guy you know. So I did have it at first, Gallo, the guy you know. It was just too long. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I did Twitter and Instagram is G-T-G-Y-K. Um, on Facebook, my Facebook page is Gallo, the guy you know, which I wish I could change it, but Facebook doesn't give you that opportunity to change anymore. So, yeah. So um, Facebook is Gal the guy you know, just spelled out facebook.com forward slash Gal the guy you know, and Twitter and Instagram.com forward slash GTGYK. Follow me there. Um, 
you could on my link in my bio, my IG, you could find everything as well. My website, galtheguyyouknow.com, as well as my YouTube page, uh, which is galtheguyyouknow. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, everything is there. Um, it's not that hard to find me. Yeah, I think I'm pretty All right, you heard it here. And y'all, he is the guy you really want to know. It's Nick Gallo. <laughs> Thank you for being with us, Nick. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Back in a moment. It's the White Holden Jr. with Dan Sheffield, and you're watching the Michael Pinkley Show on Roku TV and YouTube, baby. School districts, organizations, nonprofits, are you in search of a new promotional products company? Seeger's Promotional Products is a black-owned national company with over 780,000 products to choose from. Compared to other promotional products companies, they have the lowest prices in the industry. From pens, bags, shirts, they got you covered. They always remember that you are the customer and you come first. They always promise fast production and also fast delivery. With Seeger's Promotional Products Company, you truly have the best. Check out their website at SeegersPromotions.com and also on Facebook and LinkedIn. And tell them Finkley sent you. Hey everyone, here's another Inspire Me moment in 60 seconds. Today's thought is, energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only be changed from one form to another. So I got a question for you. What kind of energy do you attract? Even more, what kind are you giving out? Now that's heavy. Just as a sun rays gives us the needed boost to get going, we are able to shine into someone else's life. So share the love and energize someone's day. Hey, that's all I got for today. Remember to do all of the things on social media. Now go out and make today absolutely amazing. Take another look, relax, unwind. As always, thank you for doing all the social media things such as like, comment, follow, subscribe, and share this message on all your media platforms. Even more, hit the bell notification so you never miss a video or an upload. This is your boy Kenny Lewis, and guess what? I'm here with my boy Michael Finkley on Roku TV and YouTube. Calling all trio, gear up, Jag, and other college readiness organizations. Hello everybody, it's Finkley with the Finkley Experience. I am here to offer you information about our College Readiness Cohort Series. This College Readiness Series includes college applications, SAT, ACT prep, scholarships, financial aid, the mental mind state, HBCU versus PWI versus technical colleges, and so much more. You know this is helpful because it's actually like making me change my college plan. <laughs> really? If you're interested, visit our website thefinkleyexperience.com or just email us at michael at thefinkleyexperience.com. We're looking forward to working with you. Need a little motivation? Timothy Clifton is with us every week on Mondays to get your week started with a little motivation. All here on the Michael Finkley Show.
on the next Michael Finkley. For the very first time in telling his story in an exclusive interview, Mikey Stone talks about those dark times in his life and the courage it took to pursue his dreams to become a big and tall model. Next Finkley. Monday. Welcome back. I hope that you learned something from my guest today. Thank you so much, Nick, for being with us and just telling your story in your own words. We appreciate you. Stay in contact, my friend. Stay in contact. If you're not already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Michael Finkley Show, and ring the bell notification. We'll see you in email saying, hey, new content uploaded. Please listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And for more information about what we do here on the Michael Finkley Show, visit our website, michaelfinkleyshow.com. Roku TV, right? Yeah, I know you're getting there. Add the Red Horse Network to your local TV and watch the Michael Finkley Show every Monday and Friday, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or on demand. Thank you so much for watching, and guess what? We'll see you next time. Have a good one.